This is Biz. I'm a stay-at-home mom with a baby boy and a daughter who's a full-blown kid. And I'm Teresa, a part-time working mom with two little boys. This is a show about life after giving life. Don't listen with your kids, because there will be swears. This is One Bad Mother. This week on One Bad Mother, we talk about postpartum depression and speak with Katherine Stone, who is the founder and editor of the blog Postpartum Progress. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> So I was I was doing the tide. I was like this week on. I'm like, how how cheery should I make? Yeah. It? This week on One Bad Mother, we're talking about postpartum depression. <laughs> it's like those computer voices, yeah. and they have to like choose the level of enthusiasm <laughs> for like postpartum depression. That's right. Uh, it still deserves a woo. Sure. I'm pumped. I'm I'm totally bum- pumped. I'm pumped. Yeah. Yes. Speaking of pumped, how are you? <laughs> Speaking of postpartum depression, yeah. how are you, Teresa? <laughs> um, I'm I'm okay. I I'm not sure if it's depression or enlightenment. Ooh, maybe a little of both. But I I did a great job, like kind of just relaxing over the weekend and letting other people do stuff for my kids. Oh, I see. So it's either I see the fine line between yeah. you've just given up. I know. Or, or you've like, learned to let go. Yeah. It's I'm really honestly not sure which one it is. Just for people who are listening possibly for the first time today, Teresa has a almost three-year-old and an eight-month-old. Yeah. I have a almost five-year-old and a seven-month-old We've been kind of having a tough time. A little bit. Uh, especially with the sleep and uh, just generally everything. Yeah. And so if you are listening to this for, for the first time, there it, it you it's very easy to think that we could she could possibly be here between this like, I don't know anymore. Yeah. I'm so far down the rabbit yeah. hole of year one. Yeah. It's yeah, no, that's I, I, I like, totally get that. It was it was definitely I think it was definitely a positive thing. I right. mean, my mother-in-law was in town and she was she wanted to help and she was playing with Simon just a ton. Right. And like normal Teresa would have like tried to like get involved somehow right. or facilitate what they were going to do somehow or like, you know, when Simon would the almost 3-year-old when he would kind of act out to like sort of be like, "Don't worry, I'm the mom. I know what we do in these situations." Right. I just was like, "You know what? She's going to do it differently than I am." No matter what. And no matter what I you don't say. have the energy to yeah. do it and she's here and she has the energy to do it. So so I'm going to let her do it. Yeah. And it was great. It was fine. It was like <laughs> You know what I mean? Uh, uh, that, yes, I do know exactly what you mean. I'm not even going to make jokes. I know exactly okay. what you mean. Yeah, so I think it was a good thing. I think it's a good thing. It is a good thing. Uh, it, and it's an even better thing if you actually got a little rest from it. Or not rest, but like a little I don't know, break. Yeah. Some sort of men- even I if did. it's just like a mental break. I totally did. Yeah. So that's good. That's good. I'm going to chalk it up to growing. Thank you. I'm going to chalk it up to growing. Um, How about you? I'm great. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> Great. You got a new All haircut. Those, I did your get hair a new haircut. It looks really good. <laughs> I keep joking with Stefan. I'm like, 
Because I, I too, have been wrestling with the ups and downs. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I was having a slightly up weekend, and Stefan was like, you seem to be doing really well this weekend. And I was like, well, I'm just going to keep cutting my hair off till I'm happy. Yeah. How's that? Is that how that works? Isn't that, isn't that how that works? Pretty I think so. just sure. Shorter and just shorter. Happier. And... Just take care of all that. Um, Is it just me or like if somebody says like it seems like you're doing really well? Does it like make you feel <laughs> like you want to be like? No, I'm not. I'm just. I'm. This house I'm, is haunted. My baby does cry. <laughs> all the things that you don't ever see. I'm bang. I'm bang. Uh, let's save that for the discussion. But. Right. Um, but no, I, I'm on an upswing, okay. uh, so that seems like the perfect time to start sleep training. And if you've listened to the show before, you know that I I still hold strong to, I cannot literally train my baby to sleep the way I want my baby to sleep, mm-hmm. okay? All right, and and I, I'm going to say this with the understanding that that statement I just said has been proven wrong time and time again. It doesn't matter. That's just fine. It's fine. This is a show about opinions. Do whatever you want to do. This is just my personal insane keeps me rel- not really working, actually, this time <laughs> to keep me sane. So uh, Ellis has gone from being an okay sleeper to being a really horrible sleeper mm-hmm. and waking up all the time. And uh, we were walking him and shushing him to sleep, and which which I was able to do with Catherine Bell, and it didn't kill me. And I actually went back and found old. I used to track Catherine Bell on this little online uh, tracking site, and I went back. And at seven months, we were walking her, but we were still putting her down away because I have it in my notes. Mm-hmm. Put her down, you know, perfect, beautiful child Bell, right? Just sleep on her own. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, all right. So mm-hmm. this isn't working with Ellis because he's mm-hmm. not. He's ah, unless mm-hmm. I'm walking him to death. And then with being overtired and not feeling mentally the best, the walking was starting to bring me to a place of rage, mm-hmm. like every time. Just like stomping? Oh, <laughs> like like rage, like like really a bad, like a really okay. ugly, dark, horrible place. Okay, so not something I, I should be giggling not about. Even, not even remotely funny, <laughs> okay. Teresa. Uh, no. <laughs> but, so, but then, you know, and again, like I said, other times you're like, I totally got this. When he went right. to sleep within two minutes, right. the walking was a charm. Yeah. When it was taking 20 minutes, it was awful. And so finally, I just, Stefan and I really aren't getting sleep. And it just is, it was becoming really bad. So I've said, all right. I actually went with uh, Jody Mandel, who is our, who we've had on the show, mm-hmm. uh, and looked at her book. It was something you had used yourself. Mm-hmm. And it was a method that uh, I can, I feel like mm-hmm. I can do because it's not totally cried out. It's you, the basic thing is you're just not picking them back up. Mm-hmm. You can go back in and say, I love you. You're fine. You know, we're still here, whatever, and then leave again. Um, so we started it Saturday, decided not to do 4th of July, mm-hmm. <laughs> decided to do it the day Smart. after. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, started Saturday where we knew we were going to have two solid days under us before the week started. And it's gone as expected. He's like totally crying, take, crying <laughs> for like an hour and 20 minutes. Uh-huh. Uh, like not like mm, 50 minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a little, yeah. long time. Yeah. Uh, and so I just basically go outside. I, just, I really just leave this to Stefan. I come in every once in a while and mm-hmm. I'll go in and say something. But then the moment he cries again, I just have been like, outside working on the yard or in the garage mm-hmm. into the night. Good for you. Uh, but I will say why I'm good is that I, I do. Uh, I do believe this is going to work. It is. Yeah. I do believe this is going to work. I have to believe it's going to work. Uh, we had a Twitterer, like, say, you know, you could do it. I tweeted that we were doing it. I had a Twitter, uh, one of our followers said, you can do it. It's a real marriage saver. And so, I didn't uh, even find that remotely funny. I believe yeah. that true. I was no, like, this, is. this is, this, I need this. Yeah. 
this is putting strain yes on my marriage <laughs> whether Stefan surprise Stefan it's putting a strain on our marriage um and speaking of my lovely husband who just listened to last week's episode I got this text from him that said math camp I didn't go to math camp we talked about summer last week and I was like I don't know I think he went to math camp he wanted to make sure that I knew mm-hmm. that he had canoed the wilderness of Sweden for a week mm-hmm but I do believe I don't believe it. I do believe when his mother tells that story, she talks about him calling and wanting to uh, be picked up. <laughs> but you cannot do uh, in a canoe in the wilds of Sweden. So uh, man-made mm-hmm. in Sweden. Ah, <sighs> but let's <laughs> let's just reflect back on what we just talked about with our perfect defense mechanism of giggling and making fun of really serious issues that we may actually be dealing with and many of our listeners may be dealing with and spend uh, the rest of the show talking about postpartum depression. Woo! Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Biz and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. Teresa. Yes. <laughs> How are you feeling? For reals. <laughs> I'm feeling okay. Um, I think I, I don't know. All right, all right let's start with this. Okay, okay, okay actually, okay. I got a be- I got a better thing to start with. All right. Okay, postpartum depression. Yeah. What do you think of when you when you hear that? What what does that bring to mind? Um, that brings to mind sadness, and like being so like kind of tired and sad that like you're not able to really like bond and connect with your baby. Okay. And then realizing that you're not bonding and connecting with your baby and having that make you even more sad. Okay. That's yeah. how I sort of imagine. That's actually very I think that's by the way, we have an expert coming on. Neither yeah. one of us are officially doing this. So this when is I the say bullshit to, part yeah, of the show. Yeah, this is the bullshit part of the show. Well, I think this is the everyman part of the show where okay. Teresa and I just allow ourselves to expose ourselves. Yeah. To be the knowledgeable people that we are. <laughs> no, but I was going to say, that actually sounds like you're taking a stab at, at describing what I think is a more legitimate uh, description of what it is. I'll say it. I'll say what I think. Okay. When uh, I when I hear postpartum, mm-hmm. I think, you know, heard it driving into the lake. Oh, uh-huh. I hear, you know, I think. Like suicidal. Su- and you hurting homicidal. yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Suicidal and homicidal. Mm-hmm. Hurting yourself. Really hurting your children. And I, I will say, I know now that that is not the case. That is a different thing happening. Uh-huh. That is, and we're going to ask our guest about that. That is, I believe they call it postpartum <sighs> uh, psychosis. Is that it? Yeah, uh, I, think. I think so. And yeah. where it's like you really, there's a snap. There's a separation totally. Mm-hmm. And I think, but I do think that postpartum depression falls more into what you were talking about. But that said, I still have this image of just like, the the far end of the spectrum, mm-hmm. and it really because of the media. Well, well yeah, but it because, is because, of, it, because of the media. Because of the media. <laughs> Thank you, ever connected universe. But as a result, it makes it. It for me, it becomes one of those. I mean, we've hopefully we as a society are past 
no one should ever be depressed or talk about mental illness. Mm -hmm. I feel like hopefully we're at a place where everybody admits that mental illness is something that happens and that just the phrase mental illness doesn't mean that you are in the white rubber room, you know, like wrapped up, you know, being taken away to one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Mm -hmm. Mental illness can be depression, bipolar. It can be a lot of different things. Um, And that you can function and be fine and all that. But postpartum holds this totally scary realm for me. Yeah. So, and with Catherine Bell, I'll say that for me, you can go back and listen to the first episode where, in retrospect, maybe I was wrestling with some things that I wasn't admitting to. But uh, with Catherine Bell, I didn't feel what I felt. I feel with Ellis. This time around, I, I'm at, like, I, I, went, I feel like I've gone through phases of what they refer to as baby blues. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to ask you about that in a second. Baby blues into, more recently, a something that I, I think may be postpartum. Mm-hmm. But then I get all caught up in the, but do I say it's postpartum? Do I reach out for help? It's probably just baby blues. Because, you know, just because last week I was crying, like, every day and was really feeling despondent and had to have Stefan come home and help me and, like, couldn't handle even just putting him to sleep. And it was, like, really overwhelming. Like, ah! And, like, I just was mm-hmm. like, ah! Oh, you know, because he grabs and he's grabbing and pinching me and it's making me, like, cry. And I'm like, ah! And then this week I'm like, let's put together a shelving unit for Catherine Bell. I can mm-hmm. do this. Yeah. You know, like... It makes me, f- and because I think postpartum is that far, like once you've kind of lost all control, which mm-hmm. I don't think is the case, uh, but but in my mind it does. You know, the, mm-hmm. that part of my mind, it's very hard to figure out what to do. Yeah. Uh, you know, is it the baby blues? So right. like, what? What do you think, baby blues? Yeah. Well, I feel like that's what they. You get all this like attention about it when you first mm-hmm. have your babies, right? So That's they're exactly right. like the do- when they like when you get out of the hospital, they like and your first couple of visits, mm-hmm. they have you like do a little checklist in the office to say like, are you feeling these things or yeah. how do you like how basically like how bad do you feel? Right, people are checking on you those <laughs> yeah. first couple of that first couple of months. Yeah, and they and one of the things they say is like you know lots of women you know. 50, 50, 60 percent of women or, I don't know, some percentage of women experience baby blues. Right, baby blues. Which are so adorable. Isn't that a cute name? Isn't that sweet? It's baby so blues? sweet. It, it's so sweet that it means you probably shouldn't take it seriously right. at all. It's probably just like, oh, it's like having your period. It is. It's, it's like, like wow, well, baby, nobody likes me. My body's different. <laughs> but if I really wanted to, I could probably get off this couch and take care of my family. I'm just being a little self Indulgent. That's what baby blues makes me think. Of. Yeah, yeah. I know. I anyway, know. so nobody wants to have baby. No blues one wants because that sounds just. Just give him a give her a pint of ice cream. <laughs> Go read some Kathy cartoons. Uh, yeah. So I can't remember what they say about like when it rises to the level of. But you just said something that I think is really important, and what? I think touches on a little bit of uh, with kind of uh-huh. my story that's going along of what's happening to me is that they're checking on you at the beginning and then they stop they checking stop. on you. They stop. That there is this. I <laughs> yeah. think there's also this assumption that yeah. that if it doesn't happen to you, that if you are not miserable and depressed and like despondent, the first right when that baby comes walking yeah, out within like the first month right. or something. Yeah. Then oh, and and there's no way you can be depressed while you're pregnant. By the way, oh yeah, I know. you can't be depressed. You have a baby inside you. Right. I know. Yeah, that's magical. 
All your hormones are working. And, plus, good. it's easy. Yeah, it's easy. It's easy. It's not like you, to, yeah, you have to do anything. Do anything yet. No, this is a baby. Just eating bonbons. You're eating that ice cream, but in a joyous way. Right. Not in a sad, depressing Kathy way. No. More in a joyous. Everybody pamper me. Everybody right? pamper me. Yeah. You can't be sad or depressed. <laughs> This week's episode, pregnancy, not depressing. So let's move that over. And then you have the baby. If it doesn't happen right then, yeah. too bad. There's know, no right? way you can get depressed after that. Because once, like, it's like, I, I think you even said this, that one of the hardest things once you leave the first three months on a previous episode yeah. was that people just kind of stop helping or checking yeah. on you. Yeah. It's like the opposite of pregnancy, where when no one knows you're pregnant during the first three months, that's usually when you need the most help because you're the most kind of fucked up because yes. you're like, oh, I'm tired. Oh, yeah, I feel I'm sweaty. Oh, yeah. I feel sick. Yeah. But you don't look pregnant. Yeah. So no one's going to ask you for help, right? Yeah. And by the time you're like nine months pregnant, you're like, fuck it. Yeah. I don't even want to sit. Yeah. And it's just the opposite once you have the baby. So people just stop checking. Pretty much. I mean. Your baby's eight months old, so you're probably really happy right you're now. Pro- I know. Said. Exactly. Well, so that's the thing. Like, I, I, I. You know, I like I I would love to make fun of myself for yeah. this, but I literally was blissful when Oscar was first born. Yeah. Like I was just it was just great. I was totally in love with him. Right. Simon was doing well. We were I mean, it was definitely challenging. You're tired, but yeah. I was on a high from yeah. having my baby. And like he was sleeping well and, you know, we were nursing well and it was lovely. Yeah. And like the funny thing is, is I had this feeling at that time, like everybody's checking on me, like I'm I'm doing great. And I had this feeling like it seems like it's probably going to get a lot harder <laughs> like going down the road, <laughs> right. you know, because right now this is right. I just put him in the Moby wrap and follow Simon around and everything's fine. And like I know that he's going to need more and the two right. of them are going to be different needing different things and I'm going to be tired yeah. and it did get harder and like you know in this in the last like week or two week period I've I've been okay I've been pretty good but I did have some dark weeks there yeah. I really did and I and I had the same feeling of like you know being overwhelmed like really overwhelmed by little things yeah. like anybody yes. would ask me about dinner or planning any plans like for the future or what to expect I mean I my brain was like in a fog it like shut down I couldn't like I couldn't think clearly and I couldn't I just everything was felt really hard everything felt too hard and the things that I would normally have done to feel better like go for a walk or you know go see a friend or whatever, even those things seem too hard. And when I did them, it like took something out of me rather yeah, than didn't. giving me energy. Right. And that I think that doesn't seem like baby blues to me. Yeah. See, OK, so this is so this is where sort of like I keep wrestling with and hopefully we can get some guidance from our, our ho- I mean, our guest, our host, somebody else can host the show. <laughs> um, it is is that there's the baby blue thing. Where I feel like I do think it's something serious and and uh, and but it's the kind of thing where I feel like maybe what separates from postpartum is that you can do the walk, you can do whatever it is that helps mm-hmm. you untrigger mm-hmm. yourself, yeah, and it can give you some energy. But then you, the depression. I think when it shifts into depression, it's those things no longer, yeah, no longer help you. But how do you? But then if the very next week you're fine again? Yeah, I don't know. Do you, like, because I feel like there's also a thing about depression and postpartum depression where I feel like 
Well, if I if I go in for this and I get diagnosed as this, mm-hmm. then I am committing myself to some long haul process mm-hmm. and label and medication this is be the, and medication, weekly therapy. The rest of my life. To to. I know. So when even, am I cured? When wait, am I cured from postpartum even, so depression? So even this is overwhelming. Yeah, to you, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. So this, even this is even is like, more. Yeah. You said something to me. We went on a walk, and it was one of those days a couple of weeks ago. Where I was like, I need to get out of the house. <laughs> You're like keeping the house dark to keep Ellis asleep. And then mm-hmm. one day I realized that, like, the house is dark and I can't see outside. And this is yeah. really not helping me. It's really bad. It's yeah. Really, I, you know. Um, <laughs> so there's a helpful hint. Yeah. Once your baby's asleep, open all the windows and yeah. go sit in a sunny room or yeah. sit outside. Yeah. Um, and you had said, I was like, oh, you know, this is happening. It feels really extreme. And then I find me, me, me. You were like, oh, yeah, but you also don't want to let it get. Yeah. To the point, you, what are you trying to prove? Yeah. Like, don't let it get to a point of like, look, it got really look dangerous and am. scary. Now, now, now I can now go I'm get help. Yeah. Now I can go and accept help and yeah. get it. And I thought that was, I was like, you know, you're right. And I think part of that is that, okay, maybe we all need some amount of help. And like, at, to some extent, labels don't really serve us, right? right. Because we all need like self-care and yeah. we all need, like, we all need help to some extent and right um and so yeah i think the idea that like like the fear of getting labeled as postpartum depression mm-hmm. or the fear of being told oh you know i think this is just baby blues all of that like doesn't really help like we all right. we all kind of need to like talk like talk about like the issues that we're having we all need sleep yeah we all need like not someone who is there to take the baby sometimes or we need some kind of child care arrangement that involves like us getting a break and then the problem with depression and this is with normal depression postpartum depression any depression is you get that break and you're you i can remember I had depression. Uh, I probably have depression for the rest of my life. But I was being treated with medicine <laughs> for depression uh-huh. right in co- at the beginning of college. Mm-hmm. And I can remember. And then one of the things that really benefited me from years of therapy uh, was being able to recognize my triggers. Like, mm-hmm. I, this, oh, this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. This is probably. And then being able to identify it. And then I had a couple of good years of like, no, nah, I'm pretty good. Like, this is. I'm handling, I'm handling this. Mm-hmm. But I can remember when I wasn't handling it, feeling like, like it's the old, I see you. I can, I'm looking at you mm-hmm. and you're looking at me, but what I feel when I see you, even though we're talking and enjoying each other, is you're like 8 million miles away. Like I am on a boat and you are on the land. And even though we were sitting here talking, I feel like you are nowhere near me. Hmm. And like, I'm totally isolated. Despite everything else going around. And, like, I feel like that kind of happens, especially with the new mom thing Mm -hmm. or even – and that's the other thing is that I think it can happen four months out, eight months out, a year out, two years out. Mm -hmm. I feel like that kind of thing can kick in really anytime. Nobody talks about that. No one talks about that. But, like, you were – even if you were going out and working every day out of the home, right – you're still isolated. There's still some level of isolation because when you yeah. come home, you're immediately taking over. There's isolation 
when it comes yeah. to your children. Yeah, and potentially at work, maybe you're the only mom at right. work, or maybe I don't know. You maybe you're pumping. Maybe yeah, and again, to, we're like, told we can't talk about how bad it is to be like down days or anything negative about motherhood right. or parenting. Right. This is for dads too about parenting. That the moment you so you don't feel like you can even say I'm having a tough time. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like so, I, or just the desire I think to to be that image of like yeah, you can perfect. do everything person like right. whether you're a mom or a dad or whatever like yeah. I can I can do this like I've, I've totally got this well exactly and, and and like you said very true for people without even kids totally Try, trying to get help when you are depressed in general yeah. is a difficult thing because I feel like you can be surrounded by people who love you and even if they somebody says to you I don't think you're doing okay yeah our first response is no I am I am yeah I am this is just New baby stuff. Uh-huh. You know, don't, uh, I'm fine. Or this yeah. is just a bad day. Yeah. And then you're like, no way, somebody really should help. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's ironic, you know, that you like have to do all this work of like figuring out What's how to get cover? help for yourself yeah. when you're in this like state Situation. of mind. Yeah. yeah. It's like the can... worst possible time to be trying to do this. <laughs> and right. yet... There's wet laundry that's been in the washing machine yeah. for two days. No problem. And we've yeah. had spaghetti and hot dogs every night. Yeah. But <laughs> are these good stuff? And do you like these hot dogs? You better say how much you like these hot dogs. <laughs> but to then have to go through the entire insurance process just to figure out how to get... Uh, you're right. Super relaxing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hi, my name's Dave. And my name's Graham. Now, what do we have to do to put you in a brand new podcast today? Yeah, what, do you want me to drink bleach? I'll do it. Yeah, Dave will drink bleach. If that's what it takes to get you to listen to Stop Podcasting Yourself on MaximumFun.org. Don't make Dave drink bleach. Just listen to the show. (sighs) He will, but don't make him. Stop podcasting yourself. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Teresa? Yes? Lay a genius on me. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. There's that thing that happens at night when it's, like, time to pick the two books at bedtime. Mm. We do two books at our house. Um, And What are you guys, eggheads? I'm just kidding. I don't know. So, so totally Simon usually picks the two books. Right. Sometimes, like, Jesse or I get there first and we pick the two books. Yeah. But usually he gets there first and he picks them. And, like, there's always that feeling of, like, you don't want to, like, shut him down if right. he chose the two books. But, like, a lot of times <laughs> he picks something that I just cannot bring myself to read to him. Right. Like, I, for whatever reason. It's just a really annoying book. Or it's a really long book. Green Eggs and Ham is too motherfucking long. There's there's just certain <laughs> books. There's some older books that I, I don't want to, like, offend anyone. But, right. like, like, my mother-in-law brought Tootle over. And mm-hmm. I just, I see why it's cute, but I just, I can't. Yeah. I can't. I get it. 
And it's the same thing with like certain toys. Like there's a hesitation to like take something away that he's playing with. But like I had this realization <laughs> that like I can just say to him, I just can't read that to you. Like I don't have to have some yeah. big complicated trick or like try to get him interested in something else or like yeah. try to say like, no, I'm choosing a book and you're, I can just say, you know what? I'm happy to read this one, but this one, I just, I cannot read that to you tonight. I, right. It'll make me crazy. I just can't do it. Yeah. And like, and the same with like, <laughs> there's like this, this bin that we have of, uh, for blocks. Like uh-huh. it's like older and it has this like tin bottom that is so loud every time it hits down on our hardwood floor uh. or something dumps something in it. It makes me feel crazy. Yeah. And he really wanted to, like, I've, like, moved our blocks into another bin, and he really wanted to, like, put them back in the new bin. And I just said, like, I just, I can't have you playing with this right now. I'm so sorry. I know you want to play with it. We have this other bin because this bin makes me crazy. I just, I can't do it. (laughs) And the funny thing is, is, like, I think just my honesty totally worked. Like, he didn't, he really, like, got, like, he's he's almost three now. And it was just, like... It was such a relief to be like, I can just be honest with him about, like, as long as it's not every single thing. Right, right. I can just tell him I can't do it. And, like, it's okay. And it was totally fine. This is a good job. Thank That's you. very good. I'm also giggling because he's going to do this thing to you that Captain Bell does to me uh-huh. where he's going to one day turn to you and be like, I'm sorry, I can't do this because it makes me crazy. Yeah, you're right. Like he she's like, she's that. like, Lord have That's mercy to me. Like all that. Lord have mercy. Oh, I'm God. like Catherine Bell. Um, good job. <laughs> Thank you. Good job. Temporary uh, good job, perhaps. Yes. Go but, on. I, but I'll take it where you can get them. Okay. Yeah. All right, my genius, coupon geniusing. Oh. We needed. It was time to size up my giant seven-month-old. Is already outgrown. <laughs> The infant car seat. He's a monster. He's like eight feet long. Uh, so it's time to get the new one. Decided on, well, we were looking at two, and then I opened up this Sunday's paper, and there was a $20 coupon uh, on baby stuff at Target. If you spend 100 bucks, you get $20 off mm-hmm. uh, at Target. And I just turned to Stefan, and I was like, well, that solves which one we're going to pick, because I yeah. know Target's got the one of the car seats we were looking at. Here's 20 bucks. Yeah. This is basically 20 bucks to go towards the car seat. Yeah. Um, he's a great. And then as I'm looking through the, you know, the circular, uh, there's also a thing about like, oh, paper towels are on sale, and so is toilet paper. And it's the same size paper towel, same brand, same everything that we get at Costco, $8 less at Target. Mm-hmm. I was like, am I being fooled by the Costco brand overall this, this is not a sponsored episode. I yeah, by the way, yes. <laughs> Sorry, it's not. But anyway, so it's cheaper to go get our thing. And if you yeah. buy two of them, you get $5 yeah. gift card. Yeah. So Stefan goes, picks everything up, and we basically got $25. We just got a car seat. We just got like a really nice car seat for like 119 bucks. That's awesome. We felt like just, we felt great. He was like, he comes in and he's like, way to coupon that shit. <laughs> I was like, yes. Good job. Thanks. Hi, I'm calling with my genius moment. Um, I am a stay-at-home mom and I work twice a week for four hours. Today being one of the days, my caseload was very light. So I got to leave early. Normally, I rush home to get the baby uh, to leave my husband, but I've been at my wit's end at home, so instead, I decided to go out and have lunch by myself, and well, that's my genius moment. It was wonderful and amazing. Um, Of course, as I pull into the pizza place, my husband calls me to tell me my son hit his head, Um, but I said, he can handle it. I'm going to have my lunch. 
And that's my genius moment. I had 20 minutes to myself today. It was wonderful. Thank you. Bye. That's great. Teach me, wise woman. Yeah. Teach us. Good job. Good job. Yeah, I so just great. I love those calls. It's a good job. <sighs> Let's talk about failures and how in no way they could be contributing or a result of <laughs> what we might be going through. <laughs> Fail me, Teresa. Fail. 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 You suck. Um, well, I apologize because this is poop related, but, um. We, have, we really, we haven't had a lot of poop related in a while. No, I have a big backlog. I have a big backlog that I'm still trying to get through editing. Yeah. So there could be like 50 poop related fails just okay. waiting in my bank, but. I hope so. But why don't you, why don't you kick us off for the new season of poop? <laughs> Great. <laughs> um, so Simon was pooping on the potty. Genius. And that was great. Yeah, he's a genius. I'm glad he did that. But it was really stinky. It was like a really stinky one. Yeah. And I was kind of annoyed that it was so stinky because it was a hot day. So the doors, so everything was shut and we had the AC on. So I didn't want to like open stuff up. But then I was like, you know what? I just have to. Because then after he was done, it was like still smelling. I still smelled it. He's like a grown man. I know. (laughs) So gross. And so... I, like, opened the bathroom window and shut the bathroom door. And then, like, we're hanging out, and I'm just like, God, how am I still smelling this? Is he, like, farting? Like, what is going on? And literally, like... I don't know, 45 minutes later, it occurs to me, I'm holding a baby with a poopy diaper. (gasps) Ah! (laughs) Oscar was the one creating the poop smell that I was, like, carrying around with me. (laughs) He's carrying your own poop torch. Yes. To light your way through the darkness. That's amazing. I got to tell you, that went... Differently than where I really thought we were going somewhere else. But I am both happy and horrified (laughs) that that is what that was. Wow. You need some matches. Yeah. We do too. Um, (laughs) So my failure is the 4th of July parade. Mm. So there's a neighborhood parade that we found found out about in our neighborhood. And I thought this is going to be adorable. And we're going to totally participate so that I can meet some people who live in the neighborhood with kids Catherine Bell's age, and this is going to be great. It wasn't. It wasn't even remotely great. (laughs) First, I reached out to this woman that I knew from the old preschool who lives on the other side of the neighborhood, like like totally a long walk away, who just had me convinced, who'd done the parade a few times, but just like had me totally convinced we should come to her house before the parade, before the start of the parade, mm. even though the parade seemed to be closer to my house. Mm. So, and I have the time wrong. I don't mm. know why I'm thinking it starts at 10. Anyway, we're going to supposed to be there at 9, blah, blah, blah. We start walking. Catherine Mills like, I'm going to take my scooter. She's decorated it. I mean, my bike. We're, we have to, it takes us like 45 minutes to get, we finally get over there and we get there and they're like walking out the door to go to the front door of the parade. And I forgot that this woman, while lovely, is brusque. She's just like, we're going, you know, and Uh, I'm so tired. like, come in, use the bathroom. Yeah, or like, hey, just anything. She's like, you're right. You are closer than we are. You know, like, it was just like this total chaos. And so like, Catherine no longer wants to ride the bike. Stefan has just taken off with Ellis. He's just gone. It's like it's as if we're all three outside of Ellis attending the parade on our own. Uh-huh. Ella, Stefan and Ellis are just like walking. He's like, hey, guys, hurry up. The parade's starting Like, because he's there before us. And I'm oh like, are God. you serious? And I'm like pushing this bike. Yeah. And the, and the, 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 the 
training wheel bolt is starting to come loose. It's like I have to keep stopping and like tightening the bolt. And, like, I'm like, Ugh. We're basically going back to where we came from. So Captain Bill hasn't stopped walking. So she's miserable and whining. And I'm like, Rah. we get to the parade. They take off. I'm pushing the bike. I'm like literally at the end of that. I just like this sad little caboose. And it's 100 degrees at 930 in the morning. Oh, God. And we're walking. The woman, the neighbor lady comes over and she's like, here, let me take the bike. I've learned a couple of things. And she like sets the bike up on its back wheel, which is going great. But I'm like, it's okay. I've got it, actually. But she won't let me have my fucking bike back. Okay. Ten minutes later, the training wheel comes off. She never sees that the training wheels come (gasps) off. So I'm like, I grab the training wheel. I finally have to go up to her and I'm like, I need you to just give me the bike. She's like, why? And I'm like... Well, not only have, have we lost a training wheel, which I have found, I just would like to have the bike back so I, I just know where all the stuff is. And she's just like, I've got it. I'm like, give me the fucking bike back. That's and like, so it was, weird. By the time we get, we stop, the parade's over. It's like we're going to turn around and go home. Stefan goes off with the bike and Catherine Bell, and they just keep walking. And again, I'm like by myself with Ellis, and Ellis starts screaming in the stroller, so i got to pick him up, and it's like sunny and it's hot. I'm like walking him in the stroller, and it was just like, Oh, it God. was the worst thing ever, ever, ever. It was the horrible. fail. It was just like a million fails. Yeah. Of like we should have just all, all just, it was... it was just all horrible. Yeah. Happy 4th of Happy fucking 4th. July. In one of those days, we've been cutting multiple teeth. It's awesome. So, you know, I need to get some baby gates because we're walking now. And that's awesome. I have coupons. I'm super stoked. Because I get to Babies R Us finally after trying to get there for about a week now. <laughs> I get there. I pick all my stuff. And I realize I forgot my wallet at home, which is a 20-minute car ride. Oh. Awesome. Fail me. Yay. All right. Bye. So many failures horrible. happening there. Oh, the teething, horrible. the gates, because, you, you know, the gate means the baby's like, everybody's walking. Oh, yeah. Everybody's walking. And it can literally take a week to sometimes just get one errand run because yeah. you're just like, is this the day that I want to go out and deal with all this shit? Yeah. You know, or like just whatever. Yeah. Then you get out there and you don't have, you don't That's have your wallet. really devastating. It's devastating. Yeah. It is, in fact, devastating. No, it is. That's, that that's, that's one of those things where if you're feeling depressed oh. and that happens, a deep darkness. A deep darkness settles over yeah. you. And it's that's just like, over. Yeah. You're yeah. just done. It's almost as if having children matched with depression. That's why it's its own separate thing because it's just constantly a sea of triggers yeah. just happening nonstop. Yeah. It's just relentless. It is relentless. <laughs> <laughs> The happiest show on podcasting. You are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you, I love you. When I have a problem, I call you on the phone. I love you. Teresa, yes. Let's call a mom. Okay. This is one of those shows where we desperately need to call a mom. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) And how great that we are actually having a mom who I think, well, our moms always help us. But today we're calling Catherine Stone, who is the founder and editor of the blog Postpartum Progress. She's also the founder of Postpartum Progress, Inc., which is a national nonprofit focused on vastly improving support for women with uh, perinatal mood and anxiety disorders. Welcome, Catherine. Yay! Thank you. Hi. Hi. Thank you. Um, 
I think we're just going to we're going to jump right into this. Uh, okay. Teresa and I, uh, much, I'm sure, to the delight and horrors of our listeners, uh, both trying to define what we thought postpartum depression was, okay. uh, and, as well as baby blues, which I think are the first mm-hmm. two things that are thrown out at women right after they have a baby uh, and mm-hmm. can be very confusing. Uh, so without rehashing our horrible descriptions of it, we're going to come to you and tell us tell us the difference between baby blues and postpartum and, and, and what they are. Sure. Well, baby blues is not a mental illness. Um, it's simply the hormonal adjustment that you experience after having a baby, which I think anyone who has had a baby can completely <laughs> identify with. Um, so in those first couple of weeks, if you're kind of up and down and crying and laughing and freaked out and excited and, um, you know, kind of all over the place, that's really very normal. About 60 to 70% of, of women in the first couple of weeks after having a baby will kind of go through that, um, period of mood swings and, um, you know, like I said, going from maybe being happy to being like, what on earth have I done to myself? <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, it's not, it's not an easy period, but you've just had a baby. I mean, that's, you know, the impact on your body and, and, your, and your mood and your hormones and your level of sleep is just massive. And so it's totally a normal thing. It doesn't require any kind of treatment of any sort. It resolves on its own. So in those first couple of weeks, if you're feeling, you know, like you're having wild mood swings or something else, you don't necessarily have to be, you know, at all afraid of, of, of you know, do I have postpartum depression? Um, unless, of course, you know, the feelings like that were to continue on and on. But if, if you feel that way the first couple of weeks and then it just goes away, you're, you're good. Good to go. <laughs> now, postpartum depression, um, on the other hand, is a serious mental illness, um, a serious brain illness. There's all sorts of things that cause it. There's all sorts of risk factors, and we can talk about those if you guys want to. But essentially, you know, if you are past that two to three week period, you know, that initial period, and you are um, really feeling like you're, you cannot function on a daily basis the way you would like, if you feel disconnected, if you feel like you, you're, you have, you know, big changes in your sleeping or eating habits, um, if you feel sort of withdrawn from things that you would normally enjoy, even if you're tired, because obviously every new mom is tired, uh, very tired. Um, but if you just feel completely disconnected, like you can't enjoy, like you're constantly faced with fears and worries, um, you know, anything that's completely out of the ordinary for you and is making you miserable, then that's when you need to start paying attention to, you know, whether you might have something and, and giving a call to your doctor. And that's the difference. Okay. Well, here are my, my first two reactions. Uh, okay. One is when you say serious mental illness, I am, there are some people out there who I've think sometimes hear a sigh of relief when they hear that. They're like, good, I'm diagnosed. I can, Mm -hmm. you know, or once they go get, not that you have just diagnosed them, but you know what I mean. No. (laughs) Go in and somebody says, you have postpartum. This is a serious thing. You're going to need, we're going to help you treat it. And this is going to explain everything. I know personally for me, I'm one of those people who are like, whoa, that means something's horribly wrong and I'm out of control. And I don't want to be, you know, like labeled like this. And I feel like that's something that I, I, for me, when I was describing what postpartum was, 
I went right for all the horror stories that yeah. uh, we've been fed. And, you know, even though I myself dealt with depression uh, in my early 20s and, you know, mm-hmm. had treatment and all those good things and, and love it. Love some treatment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, amen treatment. But I do think, especially for mothers, uh, some of the things they deal with is, one, I'm supposed to be loving this because I just had a baby. And it's everything mm-hmm. I've ever wanted. And it's great. Mm-hmm. Yay Absolutely. Two, uh, oh, this is a serious mental illness. I'll never be cured. This is, I'm failing. This is something, this is scary. That's scary. And I'm not yeah. going to be scared. And and then three, that it is this, that that scary leads to, like we all just read, a lot of us just read that New York Times article that came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, uh, where I was like, that sounds way worse yeah. than postpartum depression. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah I, I know. I, that, there's no way I could be depressed like that. Yeah. You know, so how yeah. do I well, even, how do all, go all, get help? When they all three of your points are correct. All three of your points are correct. And I think part of that, part of the problem is um, how we have talked about it until now, how the media has presented it until now, which we are trying to change, which is, you know, mental illness is not normal, but it's common. Um, it's very common. It's as common as so many other types of illnesses. More women get postpartum depression than, than ever get breast cancer. And yet we talk about that all the time. It's a scary thing, you know, I mean, there's, you know, diabetes is a scary thing, but we talk about these things, we recognize they can happen, we recognize that they require treatment. The problem is that in the past, the only time we ever talked about this stuff is when something horrible happened. And so, sort of culturally speaking, it's like PPD is equated with, you know, horrific stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's actually completely and totally wrong. Women with postpartum depression, first of all, don't harm anyone. They don't. Um, women with postpartum psychosis, which is a different type of illness, do sometimes on the rare occasion. Um, it's just, it's all in the matter of how, how we've talked about it. But unfortunately, the only time we ever talk about it is when something terrible happens and then the media calls it PPD, which it isn't. And then women go, oh, my God, what am I capable of? Like, right. I need to just go lock myself away forever and never speak to another human being. And and so, yes, <laughs> right. you, you know, I mean, unfortunately, no, that's I the know, way it I is. No, I get it. I giggle because it's true. Because, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's touch on yeah. it. It's so raw. There's that, like, feeling of, God, I don't even want to, like... You know, no. there, there's like we've had, talked on the show about mom rage before, which is, I think, an issue that people don't like to talk about where you just get so worked up and it's so overwhelming. But it doesn't mean anything bad's going to happen. Yeah, It doesn't it, mean you're going to hurt. You're your not going to do anything. Right. You and know, neither but, does CPD. Right. Postpartum women, moms with postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety don't hurt their children. If anything, the only person that may be in danger is them when it comes to things like suicide, because women are so completely distraught. Like you said, they're convinced that they're failures. They're convinced that they'll never be good mothers. Some of them are convinced that their families would be better off without them. None of that is true. Um, it's just it's just such a insidious illness, and so. You're right. There's, you know, not only the media portrayal of of PPD, which is often completely incorrect, but also this motherhood myth that we have that we're all these, you know, beautiful um, earth creatures who are just made to have babies. And then when it happens, our hair grows magically long and curly. And <laughs> I think there's just this feeling that everyone takes to it like it's the most yeah. magical. It's yeah. it's like you are fulfilling your your place on this 
earth and in this universe. And some women do. And for them, that's awesome. But for, for other women, they don't. And that doesn't mean that they have postpartum depression. But there is certainly a group of us, one in seven, um, who do uh, have PPD or a related illness. And for us, it does not go that way. And so it's very easy to feel like you have, you're a complete failure. That's what I thought. I mean, I thought when I had my son Jackson, who's now 12, um, and I had postpartum OCD, which I had never heard of and didn't know what it was, I thought, I have gone crazy, irretrievably so. Mm. When I finally admit this to someone or call them, they're just going to come get me and take me away. Right. And that will be it. You know, you are right in that it is very scary. At the same time, I would rather work hard to combat the misportrayal, if that's a word, I have no idea. Yeah, we'll take um, it. <laughs> you know, thank you. You're uh, <laughs> You know, the, the, the poor portrayal of these illnesses, the stigma of mental illness in general, um, and also let women know, ladies, one in seven of you is going to have this illness. This is the stuff that can happen when you have, you know, one of these illnesses. These are the symptoms. And it's temporary and treatable if you get help okay. from people who know what they're doing. What are the other illnesses? Postpartum depression is, you know, one of the illnesses. Really, there's kind of a spectrum. And there's an argument within the medical community about whether they're all distinct or whether there's just a wide variety of symptoms within PPD. It's, it's a long story. But for, for right now, the way that we talk about it with women and that makes the most sense is that there's a spectrum of illnesses and within that spectrum, you can have various symptoms. Um, there's postpartum depression and anxiety, uh, which, which you'll often hear from mothers. They've had, they had both. They had feelings of depression, withdrawal, lack of concentration, um, inability to, you know, make decisions, um, bouts of crying for no reason type of um, symptoms, to more to the anxiety side, which is women who will say that they can't sleep even when they're exhausted and the baby's sleeping because their just mind is racing. Um, women who have worries that are beyond the typical worries, like just worried all the time, worried their baby's going to die, worried they're baby is not getting any nutrition, worried their baby, you know, just completely hypervigilant at all times, cannot relax, cannot be comforted by worries. You know, for instance, I'll give you an example. When my son was born, he had jaundice. And every, you know, all my dear friends who I love and adore and completely trust said, oh, my baby had jaundice. They're going to, you know, this is what they're going to do and it's going to be fine. No, I was just convinced he was going to die. So no, you know, no rational conversation saying, Catherine, really, this is going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Like deep down, I was hysterical over it and I just couldn't relax. I couldn't, even when they tried to discharge me from the hospital and keep him there, I refused to leave. I was like, I'm not going anywhere. So, you know, um, any type of excessive worry, some women have panic attacks. It may not start out that way, but their symptoms may get worse and worse until they start having panic attacks. Um, There's also postpartum PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. And a lot of the women who have this, um, it it likely stems from a traumatic childbirth. Mm. For instance, um, let's say in delivery, there was some type of emergency with them or the baby, or they had, you know, a last-minute emergency C-section that was very, you know, sort of traumatic and everyone running everywhere and 
um, or perhaps the baby is born and, and ends up in the NICU unbeknownst, you know, un- and the parents are unprepared for that. So anything really traumatic around the pregnancy and the childbirth um, and just after can lead to PTSD. Those moms will have um, things like flashbacks. They um, Nightmares won't be able to or won't want to go to any follow-up appointments at the hospital where they delivered, where the, you know, trauma occurred. Um, and then you can go all the way to postpartum psychosis, which is really a very different illness. Um, um, I mean, this is about psychosis, right? So women who have that particular illness are psychotic or, um, and, and may have things like delusions, hallucinations, um, um, have beliefs that they need to act in ways that they would never or- act ordinarily. Um, but we're talking about the difference of, like, with PPD, it's one in seven women, and with postpartum psychosis, it's one in a thousand. Hmm. So you can see the difference in terms of how common one is versus the other. Usually the risk factor for postpartum psychosis is a mom who is bipolar and or has a history of bipolar disorder or schizophrenia in her family. And when I say she's bipolar, she that means diagnosed or undiagnosed because some people don't know, right, that they're right. bipolar. Some women actually find out by through experiencing postpartum psychosis, actually, that they've always been bipolar. So there's a real big difference between those, but the media just sort of treats it all as one thing and that we're all, you know, walking around, you know, walking dangers to ourselves and others. And it's just completely offensive and not true. <laughs> <laughs> like a million things associated with motherhood, mm-hmm. offensive and untrue, I swear. Yeah, there you go. There you go, right? Yeah. Just, yeah. So it makes life so much easier. I, I know. Why are we set up to Everybody's have... wondering why we're so freaked out That's all the right. time, you know, stressed <laughs> right. out. Well, all right. Now, speaking of that, though, speaking of this, Teresa and I were talking about how everybody's checking on you the first three months. Every time you go in for mm-hmm. an appointment, people are asking you mm-hmm. questions. And what we talked about was, one— Everybody assumes this has to happen within the first couple of months. and Not true. I was going to ask if that's probably not true. And two, mm-hmm. how do people around you, how can people help? Like, how can people, how do you get taken seriously when there is something like baby blues, which, you know, which it, while it's not a mental illness, you know, it can still be hard, but it can also then trivialize a more serious problem that you may yeah. be having. So how Especially do you, if it's later on. Especially if it's later on. Yeah. So, so address that, please. Well, if it's later on, it's not baby blues. Right. um, And hopefully I made that clear at the beginning. You know, uh, first of all, you can, I mean, essentially any, you can have these illnesses anytime during pregnancy, which people don't realize that that, um, depression and anxiety during pregnancy are just as common as postpartum depression and anxiety, number one. So anytime during pregnancy or in in the entire first year. And, you know, if you're someone who never reached out for help, your symptoms can continue and become um, chronic depression or chronic anxiety. So um, there is definitely a, a lack of understanding, even in the medical community, which I know is hard to believe, but it's the truth, <laughs> in the fact that, no, you like, for instance, there's a lot of women who will tell me that they finally realized something was seriously wrong, that they just couldn't chalk it up to, like, oh, new motherhood is hard, but that something was was really wrong and they probably needed help when they were six months postpartum, eight months postpartum, and they went in to ask for help and were told they couldn't possibly have PPD because it was too late. Mm. That's not true. Part of the, I think part of the problem with the, the misinformation that, that can happen is when you reach out for help, 
that usually women are just going to reach out to their OB or maybe their pediatrician. And oftentimes those people have not gotten a whole lot of training in psychiatry, right? So they don't know everything that there is to know about these illnesses. And sometimes they just are wrong. Um, or, you know, I, not only that, but sometimes they'll say, like you said, they'll just sort of push it off to, oh, well, you know, just hang in there. Yeah. Just hang in there and a few months you'll be fine. Yeah, once they're sleeping through the night, yeah, you're going to start sleeping better. And... Yeah. yeah, call me at six months. Well, that's just no way to answer any mom who says she's, who's reaching out for help, number one. I find that, you know, unacceptable. I think when that happens, and if you're still, we really have to start trusting ourselves in terms of how we're feeling about how we're feeling. And so if you, if, if it just still seems like it's not right, you know, my suggestion is always to reach out to, you know, organizations like Postpartum Progress or Postpartum Support International, or, you know, it depends on where you live. If you're in New York, for example, there's the Postpartum Resource Center of New York. There are great organizations with people who know everything about these illnesses. They know exactly, um, you know, how to help. They know how to put you in touch with, with people in your, your area who do know what's going on, who won't say, oh, you know, go take a hot bath. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, go take a, go take a nice long walk and, and call me if you feel, you know, don't feel better. I mean, it's just, it's, it's so hard for any mom to reach out for help in the first place because it almost feels like admitting failure somehow. But then to reach out for help, you know, to get the courage to actually ask for help and then be told, um, oh, you'll be fine. It's just, to me, it's like a double whammy. Mm-hmm. There's, at the at the very least, trust yourself that you need help or to speak with somebody and go in. Yeah. You know? I exactly. Mean, the worst because thing that's going to happen is they say, you're fine. You're fine. Let's talk it out. Let's let's get you yeah. in just even talk it. You know what I mean? And then, yeah. Or yeah. to help you actually be diagnosed and get proper treatment is, in general, the like if that's the worst thing that you can do for yourself then that's exactly right and you know and if you go in and they say no i think you're fine and then you know two weeks later you're thinking to yourself you know i'm not well you you know you we all can have second opinions we don't we just don't cede control of our lives over to the people in the white coats as i always say (laughs) you know if you really feel like somebody just didn't listen to you or or doesn't seem to have much concern about these illnesses you know, in general, then there are people that you can call who do know and who do care and who do want to help. And, and you know, maybe you just need somebody that you can talk to for a few weeks because it, it could just be that you have a mild postpartum depression or anxiety and and with just some limited therapy, you can get some tools to help cope with that and get through it. Or maybe you have moderate to severe and you, and, and you need something more like medication and or therapy for a little bit of a longer term. But whatever the case might be, like, to me, it's like, who cares? Like we get to, we get to have help period. End of story. (laughs) Whether you have a, a diagnosable illness or not, you know, whether you're someone who's, trying to breastfeed and having trouble, you know, like we all moms deserve help, period. And I've written about this, you know, at Postpartum Progress over the years is that like we're all, like I'll have people reach out to me for help, but then in the email they'll be like, and by the way, like I have a great career and I have a college degree. And I'm like, you don't have to prove anything to me. Yeah. Right. Well, we were joking. It was like, we were joking earlier about like, well, you know, my baby sleeps totally. My my partner loves me. They've already gotten into Harvard. I just won the lottery. How can I be depressed? Yeah. I know, but that's, that's, 
Well, that, but that's the whole point, right? It's the weirdest illness ever. It makes no sense. It's not rational. These, you know, anxiety, depression, OCD, there's nothing rational about them. And yet we all try to look at them with our rational, you know, eyeglasses on <laughs> and be like, well, this doesn't make sense. Well, no, it doesn't because that's the illness. <laughs> so no, you're exactly right. Do we know what causes it? That's a great question, and it's really sort of a, um, the way I describe it, and this is, you know, not technical terms because I am not a um, healthcare provider. I'm just a mama. But I find explaining it like a mama makes more sense to people, actually, (laughs) sometimes. It's really sort of a combination of nature and nurture. So part of it is your, your genetics, your DNA, your family history, right? So does your family have a history of mental illness? Do you have a history of mental illness? You know, have you ever had episodes of depression or anxiety before? Did your mom have PPD? Did your, do your family members have bipolar disorder? So that's, you know, one side of the equation. And then the other um, really boils down to, and this is going to seem like such a simple thing to say, but stress, like severe stress. So I'll get, you know, if you are someone who's under severe financial stress, Um, if you were someone who was under severe stress during pregnancy, like let's say you had hyperemesis, um, and, and were hospitalized for, you know, weeks on end. Um, if you are someone who's been through very severe trauma as a, as a child or, or been, went through domestic violence, um, sexual abuse, um, if you've recently had a death in your family, a job loss, even a house move, people never believe this, but house moves are extremely stressful and can lead all sorts of people into episodes of depression. I just, I'm just giggling because Teresa and I both totally bought and moved houses simultaneously while pregnant. Yeah. So I'm okay, going to yeah. well, There you go. There you go. That could be adding to some stress. <laughs> yes. And, you know, it's interesting to me when I talked to I, – I was just you – know, Postpartum Progress has this private forum where um, – women go to, you know, sort of share what they're going through without people being able to see it because, you know, some women just aren't at that point yet where they're willing to start talking about this stuff openly on Facebook, which I get. <laughs> and, you know, some of these stories of, of women who are like, you know, I, um, I had a traumatic childhood, I lost my mother when I was 12, and uh, then when I was pregnant, I, it was, you know, a year after I miscarried, and then during the pregnancy, I threw up every day, and then my baby was born six weeks early, and they're like, what is wrong with me? I'm like, what is wrong with you? Like, I would be shocked if you didn't have postpartum depression or anxiety. And it's so fascinating to me how many women don't realize how many things they've gone through either in their past or in their recent history, plus combined with whatever their family history might be, that would have been huge, like glaring signs that this is this may very likely happen to you, and they're also shocked when they hear this. Right. But then at the same time, they feel better because they're like, "Oh, I'm not just a bad, per-, you know." Right. Like it's not my fault. I didn't do anything wrong. Well, it plays into that whole. Not only are you supposed to enjoy everything about being a mother, but I just think as a, again as a society, there's a pressure put on people that like once you've been through something, that's over, it's done. Exactly. And you know, like done, you're all good. Oh, I should actually be taking care of myself for everything. Yeah. You know. That's right. You know, if something happens, like you as a mom, you get postpartum depression, and you realize, you know, this may stem somewhat for something that happened to me earlier. It's not about the fact that you haven't moved on, it, you didn't have a choice. 
you know, well, this is just part like, of your like chemical makeup. It's like you reopened a scab. You know, like yeah. you don't have to go back yeah. and fix that scab. It's just that that leg always hurts when it rains. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. It's not and nobody. And I mean, none of us are choosing to 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 go through this. And I, you know, I realize that there are people out there listening that may be like, oh, you know, depression, anxiety, what a bunch of BS. You know, I don't believe it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't either. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I did not either. Like, I am one of those, like, rugged individualists who, you know, achieving, like, I can do everything. I am, I am the master of my domain kind of woman, you know? And then it hit me, and then I was like, oh, well, I was wrong, you know? <laughs> which, is, which is one of the joys of motherhood. discovering <laughs> all the things that, that we wasn't the only said, time. Uh, are not right. true at all. Yeah. But, Catherine, we've got to wrap up, but I want to say... Thank you so much for coming. This has been incredibly helpful and insightful. I know for Teresa and I, and I hope for our listeners, and we're going to link everybody up with uh, postpartumprogress.com, which really is an amazing resource for people. there's a community support group like you talked about. There's just good mm-hmm. information. There's articles with people who are dealing with these things and how they're dealing Absolutely. with it. it. It's just such a great resource and a great starting point if you have questions or if you are actually dealing with any postpartum depression or any of the disorders that you talked about. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you. Well, thanks for having me. Bye. All righty. Bye. Every Wednesday, 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 Maximum Fun presents Lady to Lady, a comedy podcast with Tess the Tower Marker, Brawl and Brandy Posey, and Barbara Mayday Gray. Listen as they throw down with comedy heavyweights like Aisha Tyler, Retta, Kate Flannery, and more. These ladies will make you laugh so hard you will literally explode. So go to MaximumFun.org or iTunes and download Lady to Lady before it's too late. Wait, where's the, where's the music? What happened? My throat hurts. I don't know what to do. No! Should we just get coffee? Okay. Whoa! That was super helpful. That was so helpful. Yeah. <laughs> That's really, really helpful. And we should probably just go and remove the first half of the show and only yeah. have this. I Teresa so. and I may not have been, strangely, not as helpful as our guests. <laughs> I like that we really like to set ourselves up yeah. for this every time, every too. Like, we just like. We go like, hey, hey, what do we think about this? Yeah. After this is over, we're going to find out what the reality is. Right. Well, I think I, which I, I think it just shows how brave we are yes. to throw ourselves out there yes. to be completely honest about how ignorant we are about 90% of what we talk about um, and, and that we're willing to get help, which yes. I think is the, is the key takeaway. Mm-hmm. Speaking mm-hmm. of needing help, mm-hmm. let's do have... A moment for a mom breakdown. Great. Okay. Hello. This is a rant. I live in Maryland, and there are nine inches of snow on the ground. This would be fine, except my family and I are moving at the end of the week, and we have not finished loading anything into the storage units. I'm home right now with my seven-month daughter, seven-month-old daughter, and she started crawling in the last two weeks, which I'm very excited for her mobility, but I wish that she wasn't crawling yet. I know it's terrible, but 
I wish I could have her in one place so that I could finish packing boxes and finish taking care of things around the house because everything is still not done and we're moving at the end of the week and I just feel really overwhelmed and I just need her to be able to be safe in one place just a little bit longer and I know that's very selfish because she's growing and thriving and doing wonderful but it's just a happening really hard time and I've been packing up the house by myself without any help from my husband because he works really hard to make sure we have money. And I just feel like I'm feeling on all fronts. I'm feeling taking care of her and helping her explore the house and learn new things. And I'm feeling a packing and I'm just overwhelmed. So, so hang in there. Oh. I, it's the worst. Like, yeah. And I mean, I, you know, I, we get so many calls, so I know everybody's like, "What snow?" Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm hoping that you are now moved. Yes. And your daughter is not only walking, but <laughs> taking totally care of herself. It's totally self sustaining. But I think that there's something like so true about how bad it feels to wish your kid wasn't mm-hmm. growing. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I mean, like, yeah. it's hard. Yeah. And I I have, like, those words have come out of my mouth of the, like, my husband's working, so he's mm-hmm. not able to help with X, Y, and Z. And, mm-hmm. like, and how guilty I feel about even, like, being mad that he can't. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, we all have our mm-hmm. jobs, and we all have to do this thing. And, like, and it's not like they aren't helpful. Your partners aren't helpful when they, when they are there. Mm-hmm. But, like, they do have this other thing, and it still makes you feel guilty and bad. And, like, I just... I think also packing a house and taking care of a baby full time. I mean, that sounds, first of all, it sounds impossible. Um, That's a lot of work. And I I know the same thing happens to me. There's a tendency to go, well, he's at work. So my job is whatever is going on here. And sometimes whatever is going on here is totally manageable for one person. But sometimes it's really not. And like just because you like set up, you divided the labor in right. that way doesn't mean like it always works that For way. Special like, cases doesn't mean yeah. like you you should like you should be able to do all everything right. other than making money like all the other stuff besides making money. There's a lot of other stuff besides right. making money. Right. And like and it doesn't take away from what your normal day to day responsibilities if exactly. you are at home yeah. are, which are uh, probably a shit ton more than you probably need to be doing anyway. Totally. And then to throw the box. So, yeah, so why are you exactly? Yeah. Why are you the one who should be worrying about packing all the boxes up? Why are you? Why does that fall to you? But, I mean, I, like, you know, you are, obviously, I'm sure you did a great job. That sounds like it was a little while ago. I'm sure you did a great (laughs) job. But, like, I just think that that's a thing. Like, it's just, it is a thing. And, like, and like yes, work work for money also ebbs and flows too. Sometimes those jobs are really hard, and there's extra stress involved there. But it's just the idea that everything at home is left to you. There's that's right. flawed. That's a flawed idea. That, <laughs> yeah. that, that, that's not just we're not saying yeah. you. We're saying the universal no. you. Yes, yes. This is the universal you and us. It. Yeah. I think that this ties into what our takeaway. I like mm-hmm. that we've started to be like, what's our takeaway? Mm-hmm. This is officially a new thing. Takeaway. We need mm-hmm. a sound bite for takeaway. <laughs> taking away from where I'm going. And more summer songs. Um, you said at some point in time when we were off air, there is no amount of self-care that you don't deserve. Right. And I think that that's, a, that's number one mm-hmm. takeaway. Yeah. 
There is no amount of self-care that you don't deserve. Yeah. And we say it every week, and none of us fucking do it. Right. Not all, except for that woman. Except, except for that while. woman who the called woman in, who, who went and took lunch for twenty minutes. For twenty minutes, <laughs> she like won the lottery. <laughs> How sad! Twenty minutes. Whoa! Are you just that getting... included a phone call yeah, from, from your husband, husband with and you were at a pizza child. place. Let's okay. get real. I right. heard you say pizza. It wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. Whatever it is, it's not enough. Twenty minutes is not enough. We've talked about this. Working, not working, partners, mothers. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Everybody needs the self-care. Yes. Kids, no kids. Yeah. Just because you got to go have a coffee on your coffee break or whatever. Yeah. Doesn't mean that you got anything. Yeah, you or, didn't that, just or that win. you can't or that you can't also <laughs> right. exercise later or read a book call on a magazine friend or, or whatever. Do something. something that you like. Do something that you like. So self-care. Yes. Two. If you are the partner or a friend of somebody who seems to not be getting enough self-care, mm-hmm. you you got to just say, I'm going to make this commitment to helping this work. Mm-hmm. That self-care thing needs to become routine. Yeah, it, it can't be, oh, the weekend got away from us and neither one of us got to do such and such. Yep. If during the week you've got time allotted for dinners or time allotted for baths for kids or time allotted for going to work or not mm-hmm. going to or whatever it is, mm-hmm. then you can squeeze in one more hour or one more 30 minutes that either happens once a week or every day, whatever it is, mm-hmm. that becomes part of the schedule. Yeah. I challenge yeah. everyone to make that commitment. It's help each other do it. Yeah, help, it's like, 2 o'clock. Help your partner do it. That's right. Help your partner and then you. And yourself. And yourself. Say you need it. Like, oh, but we really do need to redo the closet. Yeah, I won't no. go to the movie today. Yeah. Like, eh. So you got to do that, everybody. Um, big one, trust yourself. Mm-hmm. If you think something's going on and you need help, mm-hmm. reach out for that help. Yep. You got to do that. If you have to reach out again and again, I'm really, really sorry, but yeah. you have to keep doing You're it. You're going to have to keep doing it. That's right. And what's the worst thing that's going to happen? Yeah. You get some help. <laughs> I, I mean, really? <laughs> that, how bad is yeah. that? That's yeah. not bad. Yeah. Uh, you got to have help. We all need help. Mm-hmm. I think that's what she said, and that was just I, that was my favorite line. Mm-hmm. We all need help. Well, she had a lot of things to say that I thought were helpful. Yeah. But I, in particular, we all deserve help. Yes. So that said, everybody, you are doing a really good job. <laughs> I wish everybody could see what you look like right now, because the emphasis. I am so emphasized. I'm like physically on. waving my hands. Yes. Everybody, you genuinely are doing a good job. Keep it up, Teresa. <laughs> Teresa. Yes. You are doing a good job. Thank you, Biz. You are. I'm pointing my finger at you. You're doing a great job too. You're not pointing a finger at me. <laughs> Thank you. You. Thank me. The me. Whole, this the guy. The only other person who's in the per- studio with me. This guy right here. Who's got, what's, who's got two <laughs> thumbs and is doing a good job? This guy. <laughs> we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Down mama blues, gotta slow down mama blues, gotta slow down mama blues, you know that right.
We'd like to thank Max Fun, Lindsay Pavlos, our engineer, our husbands, Stefan Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, visit MaximumFun.org and click on Donate. If you have a genius or fail moment you'd like to share on the show, then leave us a message at 206-350-9485. Full-on rage-induced rants are also welcome. Well, Daddy, baby, fussing by, not going down Mama's room. Oh, said Daddy, baby, fussing by, not going down Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.